morning and welcome to this January 2012 edition of Hippocrates Now on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are broadcasting live from the University of California campus in Irvine, streaming on the web at www.kuci.org and always available via podcast. You can find a link to this podcast and others by logging on to www.kuci.org slash talk, scrolling down to the show or any of the others, and clicking the link that takes you directly to our podcasts. I'm your host, Nathan Tang. This is Hippocrates Now. We are dedicated to the science of medicine and fitness each Thursday morning. I'm here bringing you information, interviews, articles, and clips about the latest and most up-to-date thinking about fitness, medicine, and your health. I'm also here to take your calls. Feel free to call into KUCI 949-824-5824. That's KUCI 949-824-5824. Or you can email me at tangnc at KUCI.org with questions, comments, or suggestions. Listeners, we're we're just going to take a quick break right here. We here at KUCI just want to let you know that some of the material heard here may be deemed inappropriate for some listeners. If you feel you may be offended, please tune out now. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Be his first day back in a bed, not surrounded by hospital monitors. Be his first awkward dance at prom, his interview, and his first real job. When you join the Be The Match Marrow Registry, you unlock the power to save a life and all the living that comes with it. Be his memory of warm summer nights surrounded by fireflies. Be his tent beneath the stars, his perfectly sharpened marshmallow stick, and his first burnt marshmallow. Go to BeTheMatch.org to find more information on the power inside you and the life-threatening diseases that power can heal. With a simple swab from inside your cheek, you'll be a registered marrow donor. Be his freedom on the open road, his first traffic ticket, his first... And if he can help it, his last opera. Thousands of patients, young and old, are searching for a match. Be the one to save a life. Take the first step at bethematch.org. Once again, folks, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Nathan Tang. You're listening to Hippocrates Now. So on with the show. Today we'll be talking about concierge medicine. And joining us in the studio is Jane Monroe from The Village Doctor. Welcome, Jane. Hi, thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you as well. So, concierge medicine. Um, I believe it's a relatively new concept for uh, most people, most people who have healthcare services provided to them or go to a doctor. So, Jane, if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners, uh, what exactly is concierge medicine and why is it so cool? That's a good question. So, concierge medicine is also referred to as direct care, retainer-based, and boutique medicine. A concierge medical practice is one in which each patient pays a monthly retainer fee and in return they receive much more access to their doctor. In a traditional practice, each doctor has up to 1,600 patients and as opposed to a concierge practice where the number is much lower, in our office it's around 250 patients per doctor. So what I'm getting at is that concierge doctors treat fewer patients but at the same time they provide perhaps extended services or maybe even better care to the patient who's willing to pay the higher fee. 
Um, yeah, so I don't know that I would necessarily say that it's better care than what the other doctors would give. It's just the incentives are not aligned with the other doctors who are in the traditional model. So in the traditional model, there are billing codes that the doctors have to follow because the hospitals are a business and they have to make money. So in our practice, since we have the retainer-based fees, we don't have to pay attention to the billing codes, and our doctors can do much more time with research, and you can have direct access to your doctor with phone calls and emails and stuff like that that the insurance companies just don't reimburse. I see. So it, it frees them from the constraints of, of, of the insurance carriers and, and the, like the HMOs, the PPOs. Am I correct? Exactly. And what this allows the doctor to do is, I mean, provide uh, more, if, if, if you say not better care, not in all cases, but perhaps more d direct care and more time with the patient. Exactly. I see. And are there any other pros to concierge medicine um, aside from the doctor providing uh, more time with the patient? Um, is it seen as a viable alternative to traditional health care covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and other insurance carriers? Um, yeah, I would say that there is. In the traditional healthcare models that you just mentioned, um, the patient is really made to be their own advocate because the doctors do not have time to do so on their patient's behalf. In our practice or practices like ours, the doctors are really there for the patient and they coordinate all aspects of care, from laying out a plan to getting into the necessary specialists, all the way through helping the patient carry out the entirety of the plan and realize the goals that they're going towards. I see. So they, they really they really form a connection with the patient, and they, they really, I mean, I'm sure all doctors want to help their patients, but these concierge doctors form a really close relationship. And if I'm correct, um, what Dr. Eric Weiss of the village doctor says is he really wants to go back to the old-timey values, where the village doctor was, you know, a direct, you know, pay for your service fee, um, and you'd come to our house, or we'd go to your, your house, and you'd, you'd treat us, and, you know, I'd have a family relationship with you, and I'd get to know you just like I would know my, my sons and daughters and my, and my spouse. Exactly. That's a huge selling point of a concierge practice. Since the patient volume is so low, the doctors really do form a very close relationship with the patients, and, and that reflects medically because they can always refer to a physician or a specialist that they know that the patient will work well with. I see. And, if, and would I be correct to say that... Um, the village doctor is one that offers its services 24 hours a day, if I'm correct? That is correct. So if at any time of the day I'm, you know, I, I have a really bad stomach ache, and which leads into a stomach flu, or I have something wrong with, um, I have like an ir irritable bowel, then those are services that I would be able to get from the concierge doctor or get advice on in how to treat my, in my symptoms. Um, yes, you can definitely get either advice or you can have a visit any time of the day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, for the most part, our own internal doctors are the doctors that are on call. So you'll almost always know the doctor who you're going to be speaking to. It's not um, just a doctor from a service. I see. And in the case that one would need specialized services such as x-rays, MRI scans, or um, general surgery, um, the con would the concierge doctor provide that, or would they need to go to a, a centralized medical center for that? So it depends on what 
specifically you're asking about, um, some computer practices can provide certain things like blood draws and EKGs. Uh, beyond that, for the most part, you do need to go to, uh, we kind of outsource you to another place to take care of that stuff, in part because that's what those people do every single day, five days a week. They're the best at it. So we're, we definitely don't try to do everything at our office because there are other people who can do it better because they do it more often. I see. I see. But what, what the concierge doctor does, he, he does it to the best of his ability. And oh, correct. Yes. There's a real focus on doing the best that we can for each patient, no matter what that is. And what is, what is the exact demographic that the concierge medicine trying to target, or is, it, is there really no specific demographic, and it really caters to all ages and, and all, all personalities and all types of people? Although we do have a lot of affluent patients, we also have a lot of upper-middle-class patients that are just looking for a better medical experience. As far as age goes, our largest demographic would be youngish families. Young um, yeah, we have a lot of patients in the 40 to 55 age range with outliers on both sides, of course. Uh, we also attract a crowd of patients that are either not willing or are not able to wait 20 minutes in the office to see the doctor or that have to book appointments more than one week in advance. And what you're saying is, is one of the biggest problems. Like when, I, when, when you read the newspaper or you, or you even go to the ER, ER yourself, which, which I did. Um, fortunately, I didn't have a long wait at the time I went. But that is a really big problem, long waits in either the emergency room or the, um, the outpatient center. And it's, it's, I mean, if you do have a serious condition, it, it can really be detrimental to your health. And um, having a concierge doctor when you want him and when you need him, more importantly, is actually really, really interesting, really cool, and kind of a, a new way to uh, approach medicine. Uh, but you did say that your demographic was more of an affluent demographic, more affluent people um, that you cater to. And is that just the fact that concierge medicine uh, may cost more than what your Medicare, Medicaid insurance plans or insurance plans cover? Um, Actually, that's an interesting question. So we do have a lot of affluent patients, but we also have, like I said, the upper middle class patients um, all the way, you know, not, not too far down because it is hard to kind of come up with the upfront cost of the um, retainer-based fees. However, there is early research that is kind of telling us that it actually seems to be more expensive to be part of a concierge practice, but it but isn't necessarily more expensive because of all of the preventative care and you have much fewer hospitalizations, much fewer ER visits, because the doctor is really there for you on the front end, and so you don't have to have all these astronomical fees on the back end. I so see. we're hoping to move towards, you know, more demographics. I see. So what you're saying is, uh, yes, for the time being, they might pay a little more, but since it's preventative medicine, we're going to try to avoid all those astronomical fees that may come with surgeries or other services that would be needed and would be provided if you, haven't, if you hadn't... Um, looked into your, your condition or symptoms earlier and treated whatever you had. Exactly. So kind of preparing for the future. And that, that's, that's the thing I really like about concierge medicine. And I think that's really in line with the internal doctors um, that you were speaking about earlier and that are also part of, the con- uh, part of the village doctor, if I'm correct. Correct. I see. Um, but there's, 
although you and I, uh, we both love concierge medicine, and you know this is relatively new for most people, um, there are some critics uh, that say that the downsides of concierge medicine is that it creates a two-tiered system for healthcare, um, better healthcare or extended healthcare services to those who can pay for it and just dealing with what you get under Medicare and Medicaid for those who cannot pay for the fees each month. And what, what is your opinion about that? Um, I, I actually think that everyone is going to have their own individual opinion on that, and that's more of a political outlook on, on the aspects of health care. Um, I think that pretty much everyone in America can agree that the system has issues, and um, we all kind of need to put our heads together to fix it. In the interim, some people don't have time to wait, and um, this is a really good option, and I think this will be also a really good option moving forward. I see, and um, compared to about, let's say, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when the, the first concierge medicine practice opened up in Seattle, I believe it was called MD Squared, um, the fees have come down significantly for those who are interested in concierge medicine, I believe. Um, I'm not going to try to sell something here, but uh, for MD Squared, is around 13000 or 15000 a year. And for some people, that's, you know, that's maybe half their income. Uh, but Around, nowadays, I believe it's around maybe $150 a month uh, for just the standard package for concierge medicine. And, and I think that's, um, if not anything, that's more than affordable. Um, some people will spend that much for buying their coffee each morning at Starbucks or for a pack of cigarettes, as one doctor said. Mm, correct. It's actually interesting that you bring up the pricing model. So there, there really isn't a gold standard so far in um, concierge medicine. Like you said, ND squared has come down a lot. Uh, a lot of that is due in part to they just needed more patients and they were just seeing kind of how it was gonna, going to go being concierge physicians and kind of, you know, what people were willing to pay. And now there's a lot of concierge clinics out there that take insurance. And in turn, when you take insurance, you have to collect copays per the insurance company's regulations. So sometimes there are copays, sometimes there aren't copays. That affects the monthly fees, and also the amount of patients can affect the monthly fees. Our, like I said, our doctors take up to 200 to 250 patients, so our monthly fees are a little bit higher than, say, a concierge physician whose fees are, you know, lower, but they take around 1,000 patients. It still makes a large difference, though, from a physician that's taking 1,600 to 2,000 patients. Wow. Did you say 2,000 to how many? 1,600 to 2,000 patients. That's... Some doctors take a few more, too. That's absurd. 2,000 mm -hmm. patients and compared to 350 or in, in the low hundreds for concierge medicines. Correct. And that would naturally, and that would make a big difference. Yeah. That, that really, does. really That's does. Ten times less. Mm -hmm. And with the same amount of time, look at how much, you, how much more you can do. And that's, wow. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm awestruck here. Um, wow. And this mm -hmm. is, and back to the, the patient-doctor relationship, and this, this really bodes well for that patient-doctor relationship that in, let's say, the past, past half century that we've, we've seemed to come away from into, like, the large medical corporations that have built up their connections with, you know, healthcare insurance carriers. And that's really exactly. interesting. 
And exactly, they've been encouraged to refer internally um, within their own medical system or within their own referral base. And with concierge medicine, for the most part, we refer purely to the best doctor for the patient. We're not incentivized to you know, send you somewhere or prescribe you something in particular or anything like that. It's really just what's best for the patient. So the doctors or any of them working for the doctors or the, or the, uh, the concierge medical practice isn't tied to or they aren't puppeteered by these, by these um, insurance corporations. Is that what you're saying? And this allows them the freedom and the flexibility to do what they need with the patients and get back to what they were trained to do. Exactly. And larger medical corporations are also run like a business. So they're, as you said, puppeteered by, um, you know, the hospital administrators and they're told, okay, a patient has this condition and we're going to put them on this path and this is what we're going to do. And they're not looked at individually and realize they have this condition. However, they have something else and that might need to change the track of care that they're on. They don't have time to do that. And so that's really interesting. And also the medical industry as a whole really has a lot of, you know, drug representatives that you always hear about coming into doctor's offices, taking them to lunch, buying them nice things. In concierge practices, you don't have to worry about any of that because, you know, since you have the time to go out to lunch if you want as a doctor, you don't have to have all of the drug representatives coming in. And so we're not, we're not interested in pushing a certain type of, you know, Pfizer or Sanofi Pasteur or anything like that. We're just interested in, like I said, what's best for the patient. And what you're saying, I think, is, 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 so, is so important for everyone to hear. I mean, nowadays medicine has become so bureaucratized and so, um, so business-like that, you know, it really takes away from the whole foundation of what medicine is really about, you know, catering to the patient, you know. Um, and that's, that's so invaluable, the connection between the doctor and the patient. And I just, in my personal opinion, I think it's a shame that, you know, uh, we've built up these large medical corporations and um, it's become so businesslike with the patient. And that's, I'm, I'm inspired. I am inspired and I, I, I really hope concierge medicine takes off, not just for the affluent and the upper middle class, but for those who really need help and those who, um, if they had the funds and, or are willing to pay the fees each month, get the help they need. And... Personally, I mean, I want to become a physician myself, and it's going to be a long road, but I know that at the, at the core, at the foundation of medicine is really the patient-doctor relationship, and that's more than anything the most important thing. And I would like to ask you, Jane, from your experience, do you see that with the understanding that perhaps you've been to hospitals um, outside of concierge medicine, the traditional medical model, um, do you see a difference in the ways... Dr. Eric Weiss and the, and the rest of the doctors at the Village Doctor um, treat their patients and perhaps one at a, at a, a larger local hospital would? Yeah, it's the exact same um, kind of I've been going around and around about. So at a, at a regular hospital or a regular patient-doctor interaction, the doctors are booked in 5-minute, 10-minute, 15 and 20 to 30-minute increments. Our doctors... The, the least amount of time that we book them for is 30 minutes, and, the, like, the annual checks can go up to two hours with the patient. So the time spent is huge. Wow. Wow. That is, it's absolute statistics can really 
change your disposition about concierge medicine. And that's just beautiful. That's just beautiful, concierge medicine. Um, but in the long run, um, do you see uh, a good future for concierge medicine? Do you see that perhaps it will spread to um, not just the affluent and the upper middle class, but perhaps the middle class or the lower middle class? Um, I would like to. Uh, I think that there are smart ways of, around the economics of being part of a concierge medical practice. We recommend to our patients that they have a insurance plan with a higher deductible, and since we don't charge any copays, they won't need to constantly be trying to meet that deductible. And also pairing that with a HSA or an FSA, which is a health savings account, and um, those are pre-tax dollars that your employer can help you pull out of your paycheck and pay for strictly health-related things. I see. So. For concierge medicine, the co-payment is, is also another big selling point, and that's, that's, that's really interesting. It's really interesting you say that. Uh, but that's great. And um, we're running out of time here, Jane, but I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You know, I've really learned so much about concierge medicine from you and all the benefits and how, you know, medicine can really change, how the doctor-patient relationship really changes with concierge medicine. Um, once again, I want to thank you for your time, Jane. It was a pleasure. We've all learned so much for you. I think the listeners are glad to you know, have you on the show as well. So thank you very much, Jane. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Nathan. My pleasure. That was Jane Monroe from The Village Doctor. She's also the business manager for The Village Doctor, who's come to talk to us today about concierge medicine, a growing phenomenon and a thing and a healthcare practice that we should all become familiar with as one day uh, we may become a part of it. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. You've been listening to Hippocrates Now with Nathan Tang on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Be sure to check out this and other KUCI talk shows at www.kuci.org slash talk. You can check out our programming guide for an entire listing of KUCI shows, and the site will direct you to downloads of past shows in our audio archive. Thanks so much for tuning in. Stay with us. Coming up next is Ziba Z with our digital future on KUCI 88.9 FM in The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. Hi. Hi. This is The Subjects. You're listening to KUCI Irvine.